you know, the thing about the challenges you face in real estate, like whatever, you know, problem you, you come across, someone else has already experienced that problem and overcome it. You can too. Hello and welcome to Pillars of Wealth Creation, where we talk about creating financial success with a special focus on business and real estate. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. Now, let's get to it. Probably number one thing for successful real estate investing is cash flow. You have to have cash flow. I mean, it's one thing if you're doing development or redevelopment, but then in that case, you need massive, massive well, reserves. Matt, though, th that, is, that is true, but not true because what they're doing is creating cash flow. Their development is unsuccessful if by the time they're all in and they got their loan, they're still not cash flowing. Mm -hmm. Once it's stabilized, they've created massive cash flow, which is massive value. Now they can sell it if they want to and take, you know, because they've got that big cash flow and they can sell it in profit or they can hold it and either refinance or keep the loan and cash flow. So yes, you're not cash flowing when you're on the development phase. A lot of times we will buy a value add multifamily mat and we're not cash flowing on the original phase right? But once we stabilize it, once we start bringing our rents up and getting the building stabilized and changing the look and feel of it uh, and culture, we've got cash flow. Okay. So understand cash flow doesn't have to happen day one if you have a good business plan in place, but it does need to be a cash flowing asset when your business plan is, is, is created and done. Yep. You can only hold on to the property so long if it's not cash flowing. Yeah. And by the way, Matt, these developers and value add, you know, guys and gals like me, we reserve funds for operations. So now I have two buckets of reserves. I have my, you know, operating reserve. That's just, I have that no matter what. And then I might have a, um, I, I have a construction reserve, which is another reserve, but I might have a, an additional reserve called an interest reserve where I'm paying for my mortgage and maybe even additional expenses out of that reserve. And we project then how long that's going to take, how long will it take? And we have a monthly kind of, this is, this is what we're going to spend. This is what our income is going to be. Okay. We're losing X amount per month for how many months in a row. And then we raise that plus, right? We're not going to just raise only that. We're going to raise that plus an additional 50% of it. Mm -hmm. And if you get lackadaisical where you're not following the business plan and the timing, then that's why reserves. we raise more. Yeah. That's, there you why go. that's why we try to raise a lot more because yeah, and, and nothing goes perfect. And, and that's why you raise more on your construction. That's why you always raise more. You always have more. Again, that goes back to cash, right? That goes back to having ample, ample, ample cash. But cash flow is so important. Cash flow, cash is king, and that cash flow is its sidekick, right? Cash flow is, is sitting right next to the king. You have to have it. Yep, absolutely. What else, Matt? Uh, I think 
uh, one big thing I would say is mindset. You know, if you, you know, put into your mind that like, oh, I'm going to fail, or you listen to the naysayers in your life, like, oh, you can't do real estate or things are going to happen or, or whatever. And if you get that, let that get into your head, then you will fail. I mean, like Henry Ford said, whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. So yeah. you got to think like, hey, I can do it. Maybe I don't know, or I don't have all the resources to be able to do it. So I'm going to find those. I'm going to meet people. I'm going to work with other people to make this happen. Yeah. A lot of people get really negative really quickly mm -hmm. um, too. And, and they, they really almost expect that failure. Like you said, they expect problems to happen. And certainly the problems are going to happen, but uh, you need to understand that problems are going to happen, but you, you have solutions for those problems. There's always a solution for those problems. So uh, knowing that problems are going to happen isn't necessarily a problem. It's expecting problems to happen without solutions, right? That's, that's the biggest problem or, or being negative about the problems that are going to happen because every single owner is going to have problems. Well, it's funny because you see people that are successful and everybody thinks they've got this Midas touch and they did things and, and uh, everything landed on their lap, but no, they just had a different attitude about it. They didn't let those setbacks hold them back, right? They didn't let some tenant ruin their thought about real estate. Just because a tenant was mean to them, they didn't say, well, I'm never going to do this. I'm never going to be good at it and never going to make money. Just because a tenant, you know, destroyed their house and they had to re-renovate it and, you know, they didn't pay him for three months doesn't mean that they'll never make money again. But some people believe that they, they hear it. They, they heard their uncle talk about tenants, toilets, and trash, and it becomes a reality to them. They're so their mindset is so set that they are going to have tenants, toilets, and trash. That's what they have all the time. And that's, that's all they think about. And they destroy their own success by just being in their own head about tenants, toilets, and trash or, or whatever it might be. Yeah. My favorite quote I mentioned before uh, from Think and Grow Rich is you become what you think about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. Ab absolutely. And if you, if you think you're, uh, the, my, my favorite one is where people will joke about being a slumlord. Oh, I'm a slumlord. Ah, I think that's, is that really what you want to be thought of as? Is that really who you want to be? Because if you want to be a slumlord, keep telling yourself you're a slumlord. Keep telling your buddies you're a slumlord. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, the thing about the challenges you face in real estate, like whatever, you know, problem you, you come across, someone else has already experienced that problem and overcome it. You can too. Yeah, absolutely. So Matt, you mentioned this next one is being a hobbyist or failure happens to those who don't run their operations the real estate like a business. And this, again, I find to happen a lot in the single family duplex, small multifamily, small commercial space. A lot of people, they want, they have this dream of passive income. And so they start buying some small real estate. Um, and, but they're just hobbyists. They're not running it like a business. If you own real estate, you've got a responsibility. Okay. If you own real estate, you've got a responsibility to your, to your residents, to your tenants, right? You've got a responsibility to your community to upkeep on the building, to pay the taxes, to pay the bills, right? You've got responsibilities. So if you own a building, you're a business owner, okay? Whether you like it or not, you're a business owner. You're not a passive investor. If you want to be a passive investor, call me up, best of my syndications. 
If you want to be a passive investor, go buy a REIT. If you want to be a passive investor, go lend some hard money. But if you physically own the real estate, you are an active business owner and you need to run it like a business. Otherwise, you will fail. You will, it will drive you nuts. You will get burned out, whatever it is, but run it like you own a business. Yep. And I would add to that, like if you get too into the day-to-day operations of, of working in your business, then you fail to work on building your business too. Uh, and then you really limit yourself. You can burn yourself out uh, just from all the problems that you encounter from day to day. Yeah. And so that goes back to the the the, the hobbyist, right? They think mm-hmm. they think they're going to buy this real estate, be passive, or they're going to run it, whatever, day to day, like you said, they're running it day to day. They're so involved in it. Maybe they don't have the cash flow because they, they didn't have the cash reserves. They didn't, whatever. They just don't have the cash flow that they thought it was going to be. Uh, so they're doing it on their own and they get burned out and burnout creates failure every single time. And like you said, I mean, you just, you're, you're there every single day. You're doing it day to day. You're not running it like a business. You're going to get burned out and you're going to, you're going to fail. And even if you make money, it's probably a failure because you're so freaking miserable the entire time and nobody wanted to be around you because you're so miserable. Uh, that's a failure in itself. Even, I don't care if you make 30, 40, 50, 60% of your money. It's a failure because you're miserable during that entire time that you mm-hmm. own the building. Yeah, that's a good point. So... Get your ducks in a row, Matt. I think that I think you said that uh, when we were talking earlier. Get your ducks in a row. Make sure things are set up the right way and run it like a business. You said yeah. one more thing about kind of the hobbyist or why somebody fails. You remember what that one was? Uh, geez, you're asking me what I said like yeah. 10 minutes ago. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay. Uh, it might have been something along the lines of if... Um, uh, you're not, you're not setting things up correctly. You know, like you, if you're not, you, you know, but you know, having a lawyer set up your legal documents, hundred uh, percent. I mean, that's not what you said, but that's hundred percent true. We should probably hit on that too. And that's, that's about being a, a good business owner, right? Is that you want to set things up the right way. You want to make sure that, you know, you are, you are doing things in a legal way, in an ethical way, you're you're setting up your tax ret- your, your returns the right way. You're hiring the right professionals. I mean, that's those are all so important to be able to have success, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, maybe it was about uh, you, you know falling victims to like real estate scams. Um, you, you know, you're not like uh, uh, you're you're not working with the right people. Hundred um, percent. Yeah, you. The real estate scams and that that one's interesting. You're falling victim to those, and I would say one of the biggest real estate scams is the the get rich quick, mm-hmm. right? We're gonna do this, this, and this, and you're gonna get rich quick. Real estate is not a get rich quick. Okay, very few people get rich quick, and if they did, you need to question what they're doing. Okay, real estate is a get rich slow. Okay, it's a get rich for real, mm-hmm. but. It's not a get rich quick. Most people, very few people are making a million dollars of real estate in their first year. Very few people are creating true income off of real estate in their first you know, year or two. It takes a while to start ramping it up. Now, once you do it, you can see your net worth go from zero to a million to 2 million to 5 million to 10 million to 20 million to 50 million 
in a relatively short period of time, but it's not going to be six months. It's not going to be one year. It's not going to be two years. It's going to be, you know, a decade, two decades, three decades of continual work. It's moving the needle a little bit at a time. So you're saying those little yard signs I see on the side of the road that say, you know, get rich with real estate, call this number. Uh, that's not the way to go. Well, you can certainly get rich by calling that number and going to courses and learning and hiring coaches. But again, be careful with who you're listening to and how quickly you're expecting to get rich. Yeah. I think that's the important part. I think there's just people think that they're going to get wealthy really quickly. Um, and that's just not the case. Yeah. Then they get disappointed and quit. Yep. Yep. Um, okay. Two more things I want to make sure we hit on. Okay. One is financing. Okay. We want to make sure we have good financing. Here's, this is a lesson I learned very early on. It was actually before I even bought my first property, I was listening to stories and the stories I would hear is we would walk into a duplex and the real estate agent would go, Hey, this is a great place. I, uh, this lady that owned this building, she had like 15 properties, all duplexes. And then she took out, she refinanced every single one of them, pulled a ton of money out of them and bought a bunch more properties and she lost them all. And I'm like, don't over leverage. Mm -hmm. If I over leverage and I'm like that lady and I refinance, I will lose my shirt. And I heard that story over and over. This guy did this. He refinanced all these properties. I had, I heard personal stories from people. I had 25 um, single family homes. They're cash flowing really well. I refinanced all of them, got a big chunk of money out. And then I got foreclosed on, on all of them. Don't over leverage, especially single family homes, but it doesn't matter what it is. Don't over leverage. So what, when I was buying single families, the values that I was bought those were so cheap, Matt, so cheap. I was buying these things for like 30, 50 grand. I was all in most of them for under, well under a hundred thousand dollars. And the market went up and up and up. And I got, I had many opportunities to refinance at many different times. My appraisals all the time came back. And so I, I, I did refinance a couple of times, Matt. But I remember every time I, I would get my appraisals back and let's say the property would appraise for $200,000. I could refinance that for 80% LTV. I could have pulled out all that money. Right, mm. I could have put so much money on that on that building. So two hundred thousand dollars, I could have pulled out. What's that? Um, one hundred sixty thousand. One hundred sixty thousand. Right. Tax tax free. I, tax free. I could have gotten one hundred sixty thousand dollar mortgage. I'm all in at sixty thousand dollars, so I had one hundred thousand dollars tax free sitting there. But what I looked at is what was my cash flow impact. Mm. What was my debt service coverage ratio? Not what was my value of my property. I didn't care about the value of my property. I cared about the cash flow on my property. So I would only refinance, let's call it 100 grand or 80 grand or whatever it was that would make the numbers work. So I'm still cash flowing 
the right amount per month. I'm still keeping my debt service coverage ratio at a 1.5 or greater, right? So I'm look, that's how I'm looking at things. I do it very similar to multifamily. I want to make sure I can hit good cash flow. I don't want to be hanging on by a thread. I want to make sure we're, we're comfortable. We've got plenty of space. And if things go sideways, that we can still make our mortgage payments. Yeah. I mean, it's all, like you said earlier about the cash flow. If you're over leveraging, then the cash flow is limited. And, uh, you know, if anything goes wrong, like it's not going to cash flow enough and you're, then you're going to have flow. to pay out of pocket. And do you have enough reserves to be able to handle that? Uh, right. So it's, it's a domino effect with all these things. Yep. And th then think about your strategy too. You know, are you holding this long-term? Is it more shorter term? Is it five years? Is it 10 years? Is it 20 years? What is it? And, and match your financing up with what your strategy actually is. Um, you know, I, I see too many people have a strategy and then match the wrong financing with their strategy. And it could, it, a lot of times it's that they match the financing with, you know, they're planning on selling in three to five years and they lock in, especially in this commercial, you know, you lock in a loan for a 10 year term and it's got super high prepayment penalties. Um, and so you can't sell your stock. Or you have to have somebody assume your loan and nobody wants to assume your loan because it just doesn't work for them. And so now you're actually, maybe you sell, but you got to pay all these big prepayment penalties. And now you're out a million dollars that you could have otherwise saved. If you would have thought about the strategy that you're originally going in with and financed based on that strategy. Yep. So. All right. What else we got? Last one. Last one. Location. Mm. Location, location, location. That's what they location, say. Location, location, location. Think about it. You invest in um, in a, a, a CD, C class, D class location in Detroit, Michigan, in two thousand one. Whatever. Name the year. Um, what's that look like today? Well, that neighborhood's might even be a garden right now. Mm because of what's happened in Detroit, right? That's an extreme. Think about your own backyard. What happens in certain neighborhoods? You wanna be in neighborhoods that are going to grow or at the very minimum are going to stay stable. So you wanna make sure you've got a good location. Within that location, you wanna make sure you've got a good property type that fits that location well. Is it in demand, right? Is it something that people want to live in? Or is it that really just weird house that nobody wants to live in? Nobody wants to ever buy. There's those houses out there. Don't buy those. Just because they're cheap doesn't mean you should buy them. Even if I can get a great deal on this property right next to a river that uh, floods every five years? Right. Great point. River floods every five years. Well, you know, hasn't flooded in a while. I got to buy or just flooded. I want to buy super cheap. Guess what? It's going to happen again and you're going to lose your money and you're going to be mad. Mm. So you can't fix certain problems. You can't, you cannot fix location unless you have buckets and buckets and buckets of money. Yeah. You know, I, I say you can fix the property up, but you can't fix the neighborhood up. If the yep. rest of the neighborhood is crap, I mean, it doesn't matter how, how much lipstick you put on that pig. It's still a pig. Well, most of us can't. I mean, Elon uh, Musk, okay. you know, Warren, Warren Buffett, yeah. you know, Bill Gates, they, they, they could. That's fair. That's fair. But 
most of us can't fix the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So, all right, um, man, we went through a big list. I, again, most cash flow, cash, financing, run it like a business, mindset, um, location. Very good. All the reasons that you could fail as a real estate investor. So, yep. And all the reasons you can succeed as a real estate investor, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You do you do do these poorly, and the wrong way, you're gonna fail. You do them the right way, you're gonna succeed. There you go. Cool, Matt. Anything else you want to add? No, I think that's it for today. Perfect. You have a fantastic rest of the day. Make every day Saturday. Thanks. You too. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I appreciate you being a loyal listener. Say, I would love to have you go on to our Facebook page and subscribe. Uh, give us a thumbs up. Go on to iTunes or wherever you listen and give us a rating and review. Don't forget to subscribe. Your rating and review just helps us push this out to more and more people and continue to grow our audience and hopefully positively affect a ton of people out there that really need this and and want this. So uh, the other thing I've got for you is a free ebook on my website. So go on to VentureDProperties.com, VentureDProperties.com and download our free ebook uh, on real estate and on syndication. And I've got some data points in there, some really good stuff for you. So I'd love to have you take a look at that. It's free. I'm not expecting anything from it. Uh, and, and also, look, if you want some help in multifamily, want some help learning, growing, getting your business off the ground, I would love to talk to you about what it would look like uh, to work with me potentially and see if that's a good fit. So you can go to coachwithdex.com and check that out and uh, we can definitely have a, uh, a call. Thanks a lot for listening. You make it a fantastic rest of the day. I'll catch you on the next episode.